you have to grow. Yeah, so basically, uh, I guess what we kind of want to talk about today is just uh, operating in corporate America as a young black professional. Um, and uh, when we when we kind of started talking about this topic, um, first person I thought about was Adrian, just because um, we got similar backgrounds, you know what I'm saying? Uh, met Adrian, uh, like eighth or ninth grade, and then had the, had the chance to play with him, uh, play basketball with him my sophomore year. Um, and you know what I'm saying? We, he was also a kid from Flint, so going to Grand Blank. So that's kind of how we initially clicked. Our parents was cool too, so that kind of like added to it. And then you know, so he used to give me rides home. I used to bust his ass in the Madden, <laughs> playing that my controller was cheating. And then ever since, for real. Um, nah, but uh, you know, what I'm saying Adrian, he uh, sure he graduated from uh, Southern Nazarene University in 2012 with a degree in business administration, pre-law. Uh, He's actually a operator of a, a state farm agency. Uh, he's the owner. He's been there since 2016, which he's been growing the hell out of. Uh, so appreciate him hopping on here today. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Appreciate it. Okay. By the way, by the way, that that controller was cheating. Just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> you give me the one with low battery, but go ahead, man. <laughs> Oh, wow. I want to invite Kayla on here. Originally, it's supposed to be her twin sister, Carla, but they both won the same. Um, both my personals. I have a relationship with uh, Kayla. We both went to Central Michigan University. Um, both went to Grand School of Business, and we also both worked in the Office of Student Activities and Involvement. Um, there's a lot of different similarities, a lot of the same in, inner circles. And, of course, like, Kayla's a very intelligent young woman, obviously, and um, her experience in the corporate sector is something I felt that she could definitely give a good perspective on as far as being young black and working her way up. We both had the same aspirations as far as um, moving onward as far as graduate school and um, MBA aspirations as well. So I feel like she could definitely provide an insight and also talk about the different things that young black women um, struggle and go through in the corporate sector as well. So and, um, it seems like just it's kind of hard for you or just for any black person working in the corporate sector to like kind of break themselves in. I feel like, you know, we all have experience that are in the corporate sector as far as trying to prove ourselves. I think that's a key phrase that you said, because, you know, um, that's kind of hard in the onboarding situation, you know, when you're trying to adapt and, you know, learn the environment and focus on your work, but, you know, to come in the door and focus on having just to prove yourself, that's, that's a detriment, you know. Saying to your to the uh, to your your learning I, development. I think I I don't think necessarily having to prove yourself is a detriment. I think that most people come with that attitude. It's just um, it just hurts a little bit when you people already have those you know you know biases or stereotypes about your you know about you as a woman or just about you as you know a black person and they you know and they think or feed on just certain things or little things and that's what becomes a problem because I don't think that anyone should be at any job that be afraid to rise to the occasion or to come in and hit the ground running I think that's what's expected of anybody who's uh, you know new to a job I just think that you know we as black people have that mindset that we need to come in and, you know, we need to kill it and do what we need to do because that's the only way to garner that respect from others outside of our race. 
Exactly, exactly. Now, Adrian, I know that um, you've been doing your thing with State Farm and, you know, you have your own um, pretty much business now. Like, are there some challenges that you had to face, like similar to what Carla has brought up as far as like, you know, proving yourself or um, being in a dominated industry of people that don't really look like you? Absolutely. So, you know, prior to opening the State Farm, I worked in a state farm agency. Um, I had to do some corporate training in Bloomington, Illinois. And I've been uh, to all the events I'm going to, even as a business owner, I'm, I'm interacting with corporate employees. And it's a confidence that you have to have within yourself. Just, just doing that because there's, they have, like she was saying, like there's a different expectation in a sense. Um, not, not necessarily a bad thing. Like they, they think that, you know, we may do well or we may be able to penetrate a market as she said that they can't get to but there's also that 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 uh bias that you know he's african-american you got to deal with certain things so for me it was you know coming from working in an office in oklahoma city and when i entered the uh, training course to become an agent and own my own business i was the only african-american in that course and again coming you know from that background it's not it's not our game essentially they don't expect for me to be there so it's being confident in myself and going in and making sure that you know i i had a chip on my shoulder and i was going to show them that you know just because i'm african-american doesn't mean i cannot do what you do and even do it better than you it's something that kind of helped me but those obstacles are faced every day i mean again i being exposed to the corporate side of state farm per se um going to these meetings the expectation is a little bit different for us as African-Americans. True. I feel like, I mean, do you feel like that's something that, I mean, for me personally, I feel like that's something that's been established to me as a kid that, you know, we have to work twice as hard. You know, we have to do, you know, we have to do go the extra mile um, just, oh, to, yeah. just to see, just to be even with everybody else. I mean, is that something that, you know, any, any of you can relate to as far as um, how we were brought up, I guess, because we were brought up as a statistic, like, like we were expected not to succeed or not to be where we are today and where we're still trying to fight to be. So I think that's something yeah. a chip on our shoulder that we've always had and, you know, that our parents have, you know, instilled in us, you know, because I think that, you know, as young black people, uh, we always want, you know, our children to do better than us because that's how we know that we're progressing. So, and I think a lot of our parents, you know, if you guys could, you know, please explain the saying, like if they were brought up, if you were brought up the same way as far as like them, them wanting you to do better than them and so forth. Uh, absolutely. I'll kick, I'll kick this off. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, uh, same way, you know, you're as a young and you, you're taught, you hear from your parents, your grandparents that, you know, you're not going to get the same opportunities. You don't have the same networking abilities. You don't have people, as many people in higher places to kind of help pull you along or, throw you a bone here or there. So you gotta make sure you stay on top of things and put yourself in the best position. As far as growing up in, in Flint, especially, or in any type of any type of poverty, you know, where you're, you're facing challenges day in and day out, you used to it. I mean, you used to the grind. So when you get to a position where it's you against him, you know, you're used to doing this on a daily basis. I mean, daily basis in some cases. So for you, it's like no sweat. The pressure is nothing to me where, a lot of times people fold. So, I mean, that, that to me is an advantage in our, in our, in my sense, from our, my particular situation where a lot of times, you know, I'm talking to peers, 
that may not be African American or may not have grown up in uh, where how I have or how I did, and they'll you know they they tend to worry a lot more and and you know, not be able to perform in pressure situations because they just they just haven't had that type of upbringing. They're used to being kind of coddled in a sense. So I can definitely relate. You talked about uh, networking, um, like like when when did you realize that networking was was important and, and really how did you learn how to network? So I think that um, always I was always it was always told to me that networking was important. Even when I was in high school, we would uh, spend time networking and going to different places. Um, though I'm not in radio and TV now, when I was in high school, I was in a radio and TV program and we would go to different radio stations and we would uh, actually get the tour and shadow have shadow days at different companies and different media places. Um, and we were told to network even when we went to like camps and we had to, you know, stay there to like do the radio and TV training, we would uh, literally always be told to kind of make those connections. Um, my family in Chicago, uh, a lot of them are doing things in, in regards to politics. So uh, that also helped as well. They've always taught me that networking is important. So. Piggyback, or my, my experience with networking has been just a, just a little bit different just because as an athlete coming through school, you know, we were always, we had this, I don't know, we say we were just cocky in a sense that, you know, your talent spoke for you. So you would yeah, go, you would yeah. play, and you used to people seeking that, wanting want to be friends with you. They see, they're coming to you and wanting to be around you and want to hang out with you. So you don't necessarily have that, man, I want to go, you know, let me go make sure I go speak to this guy over here and work the room or, you know, even not really understanding that networking piece of it. It wasn't until after college or you know midst of college when you realize that there is a life after sports and that's when I really had to I got into the industry kind of just through some some uh, alumni and was able to understand dang like this is all relationship built you know it's all about networking who you know and then really embracing that being humble enough to say look you you got to get the opportunity to show your talent in the business world it's not a they don't they don't know it they're looking at a resume but it's you against you know, somebody that doesn't look like you. So you have to be able to network, uh, let them know who you truly are, being able to talk to people outside of just, you know, waiting on them to come after you because that's not how it works always in the business world. Sure I enough. Know that, I know that our, um, our experience is a little bit different because our school was predominantly white, um, our high school that is. Um, so like, I mean, we kind of learn how to talk to people outside of our race, but like, um, I don't know exactly like how how your school was um, coming up. I know you said networking was a little bit different for you, Kayla, but like, um, like what, when did you necessarily get comfortable um, talking to other people from different races? Because uh, I ain't gonna lie, when I first um, went to high school, I mean, went, went to middle school at Grand Blank, I and I didn't know what to say, but to be myself, you know what I'm saying, around uh, different races. So like, like how did you get comfortable talking to people from different races? Uh, I think I, I think for the most part, I've always been somewhat comfortable. I didn't go to any schools, like even high school, it was a predominantly black, you know, high school, elementary school. So college was really my first exposure to, you know, actually having class with people that didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think since I was in so many extracurriculars in, uh, in high school that I did have that experience. Um, 
and as, as well the same with junior high so I don't think that I was necessarily culture shocked because for the most part the stuff that I even watched on tv it wasn't you know more so in reference to black people Disney channel all those type of shows that we watch really catered to white people so that was a, l- a little bit of the only exposure I really got to be completely honest yeah that's true um, <laughs> I do understand that it's just certain things that they work that they worry worry about that it's like nothing to you know and right, that was kind of right. that was kind of different like when we first got to college and we were um doing the uh resident hall events and like our resident hall was predominantly uh African Americans on a minority scholarship and uh, we had pretty much dominated the board and we had all these programs you know started and we were doing a lot of fun things that were pretty much different to them and every and everything that they were doing and uh when we first it was like we first lost the event and we were like really really heartbroken over that event and it was our first reality it's like dang we are really black and they really like hating on us because we're black you know like they didn't want us yeah. to win though they didn't want us to win a mock rock the little events because you know that wasn't what they were used to and that and that's essentially um our culture was not something that they were fully exposed to you know so we at that point i was just like okay yeah it's some differences. It's, and I'm glad I had those experiences um, just even in college because I think it definitely prepped me for, you know, corporate life for sure. Yeah, I think those those subtle uh, those subtle things that you go through, you know, uh, whether it may be middle school, high school, or college, you know, interacting with people from different races definitely prep you for the corporate world because um, I, I know we both can attest to this. Like, people will undercut you you know I mean be real slick and do different things so I mean especially since especially if you're successful you know in your craft or what you do like I mean have you guys like uh embraced have you guys experienced any people um any any interaction that you felt like uh were distasteful in their efforts to try to downplay the success you've had in a role or anything like that because I mean I don't think that you know I know I think sometimes some people within the office or a corporate sector they just think we're there to fill a space you know what I mean to really just mm-hmm. to, to to balance out um the statistics per se but they're right, not really right. they're still getting used to us succeeding they're still getting used to us you know being in the front stage of things so have either one of you experienced like anybody um trying to like take um dim your shine or anything like that when it comes to success or them say trying to take credit for anything you've done or anything um that could that you can attest to for me i mean this this happens regularly man like regularly like we get email reports as as to who's doing what across different lines of business I just, the meeting I was just at Nashville was a top 3% of the agents in the, in the country. So it's 19,000 State Farm agents, top 3% get invited to Nashville to meet with corporate and kind of network essentially meet with, you know, they have seminars and so on and so forth. Given that that's that level of success. I mean, I was meeting with people that are at the same level of success, but they were looking at me like, what is, you know, what is he doing here? Or, you know, they were throwing out, Oh, we'll see if he's here in five years. I heard that at a table. We'll see, you know, do it in five years and we'll really see, you know, if it's, if it's for real and, you know, that's, that's stuff that happens all the time. Like even getting into this position, having to compete to get 
into the training to be able to do this. I mean, I, you come out and you're killing it, and it's always a why or something behind it. They got to make an excuse for you, and you got to really articulate why that's not the case. And it isn't until you actually speak and they see, well, hey, this dude might know what he's talking about, that they kind of remove some of those biases. But it's stuff that we, you know, at my level especially, have to deal with every day. And I kind of use it as, as fuel, you know, for me to just say, all right, you say, see me in five years. We'll see if you here in five years. And I'll be, you know, I'm going to be doing what I'm doing at a much higher level. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, that, that's the type of stuff that get me going. So I'll just be like, you know, whatever. Like, it's just certain, it's certain things. Like I was at a dinner last night. I got a beard. That was the topic of conversation. And I'm just like, yo, we had a corporate, like, why are y'all worried about my beard? We should be talking about success, talking about business. You worried about, you know, is it warm? Is it too warm for the beard? Not worrying about, I got, you know, like, let's talk about it. It's certain things that come out in conversation that you can see, you know, the whole crab in the bucket mentality is always he's doing this because he's in Detroit. I hear that. It's like, well, you couldn't do it in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's different things that you hear. They try to undercut your shine all the time. And again, I just take that as fuel. And, you know, I, I look forward to seeing them again in the next couple of years and having the same conversation. I wish I had that same attitude that you had, because when uh, things like that was happening in my past job, I knew it was time for me to leave the job. Uh, one situation was like stealing accounts or stealing things that people, you know, that you know, that your coworker has been working on or building a relationship with and then going to certain and going then going through to certain people and saying, well, this person said that they wanted me to be their sales representative since I handled this location, you know. And I and I could not take those those little sneaky, you know, like sales, like you stealing my sales. I could not take it. Um, it 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 really really got to me. So I, like I wish I would have wrote like rats to the cage and a lot of that. I just could not. You know, I felt like if it was the environment was too hostile for me to you know continue to work in a place where I had to you know really fight for my livelihood and, and try to make sure people didn't, you know, sandbag or backdoor me on certain sales. So, you know, mm -hmm. after, after three, after three years, I had to uh, essentially, you know, depart from there. And I think it, and I think it was the best thing that happened to me to be completely honest, because where I'm at now, there's no competition. We work as a team and everything. No, there's no one to steal your account or to try to take credit for something that you're doing. And I, and I noticed that it's a, a huge difference in just the management and the leadership styles there. And it, it, it really pays to have someone who is invested in doing right and invested in uh, actually following standard, you know, operating procedures. So, um, I, I only say that to say um, you don't have to stay anywhere that you don't feel uh, welcome at or you don't have to stay somewhere where you constantly feel disrespected or you constantly feel as if you have to compete. Co good competition is okay, but, you know, when it gets to the point of backstabbing and, you know, taking from my livelihood, not only am I an African-American woman, but I am a mom, too. I have a four-year-old child. So when it gets to the point of you taking from me and, and my family, then I'm not going to be okay with it. And so I Absolutely. did leave on a good note. I, I, you know, I made my, I made, um, my you know, quarter goal in the first month of the year. So I, you know, I left on a positive, positive note and showed them that I could do it. And that, it, you know, it wasn't anything that you, will be a problem, even with people taking some of my bigger accounts. And then I just, you know, left. And when I left, I made sure they gave me all of my commissions. 
and it, and I I haven't looked back. But I I think you guys both like play. <laughs> you know. Um, situations where you guys had to step up like in Adrian's case you had to step up as far as you know let, letting it be known I'm going to stand on my own too and I'm going to be here regardless and then you know in Kayla's in Kayla's situation she let you know like I'm I don't have to stick around here you know you know I, I know my worth and I know where I can go and I know what I'm capable of so I think in both situations like we should continue to you know motivate each other and you know support each other in these decisions and whatnot because um we just wanted to highlight how to maneuver in the corporate sector um, because a lot of times, like, we're still new. Um, a lot of us are still climbing, and it's very comforting to see, you know, each other in these roles, you know, because we know that's possible that we can get there. You know, a lot of people sometimes, like, they get discouraged and they say, well, this, I'm not, you know, this nine to five ain't for me. This is not a thing for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fine, but, you know, people should make that decision on their own, too you know, um, we're within their own judgment instead of being forced or feel like they're led to that position because at the end of the day, that's what some of them want. Um, some of them want to put us in a position where, you know, we feel like this is not for us or we feel like, you know, um, the corporate life isn't for us. And, you know, nobody should tell us that, you know, besides, you know, us at night. And I, I know we're capable of anything that we put our mind to. So I definitely, you know, appreciate, you know, um, both perspectives of how you dealt with those situations as far as challenges um if real quick as far as like social cues like adrian you talked about the beer and things of that yeah. nature so i mean social cues like i think that's what i deal with the most like do you deal with like forced conversation like forced casual conversation you know eye contact you know what i mean because certain it's because yeah. when i when i walk in the hallways at four like i I'm very cognizant of like, you know, who keeps their head down when I'm walking by. I'm very cognizant of who looks me in the eye, who says hi. You know, like, do you are you like aware of all that by those social cues? Because for me, it kind of gives me an idea of like, okay, um, who isn't really uh, that, um, they don't really care for my presence, you know, per se. Or, oh, yeah. or somebody maybe like, okay, yeah, like, hey, I'm bracing him like ain't anybody else. I mean, Ford's been around for a long time, so I see some old white people in there, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I see a lot of different looks and a lot of different cues that I feel like we have to be aware of. I, obviously, we're not going to act on them, but we we at least be aware of. So uh, do you experience that, you know, working at State Farm in, in the corporate sector and Kelly as well? For me in the corporate sector, yes. You know, that's a little bit different. Uh, being out in agency force than it was in, when I was in the corporate training. Um, but I still get the same thing. You you notice some people, it's a, I think it's more so of a, you know, so a lot of times it's a respect thing. They don't respect me as a young African-American male. And, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't have to respect them back, you know, so, and it's not a verbal confrontation or anything like that. It's more so of, a, okay, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. I don't have to ever deal with you. At that you know it's different when they're your superior and you having to deal with them that's totally different or a coworker that you may have to work with that's totally different not respecting you but i told i totally get the same deal where you know you come around or be at a meeting and some people that you they know who you are you've spoken to them before they still won't speak i mean that happens i mean almost every time i'm at a meeting where i was like man i know who that is i've seen them before i said what's up to them i walk by and i kind of go out of the way kind of say hi and i 
I had a situation like that in Vancouver where I, I, so I just ignored the dude. He didn't say nothing to me for the first two days of the trip. And then he was asking about basketball. He referenced me. And I'm like, didn't say anything. Like, hey, you, you were talking to me because for the last two days, I've been saying what's up. And you kind of just keep walking. Like, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you get those cues, you know, in, in different situations. But, I mean, for me, because I don't have that superior situation where I have to deal with somebody, it does not bother me that much. You know, it's because it's literally not a coworker to me, and I don't have to go through you for much. Um, so I, I can, that can speak to it in the sense that I'm experiencing it, but it's not it's not affecting me as much as it may, you know, if I were at State Farm every day in the corporate side. Yeah, and I had situations where I I always speak to every person I come across. I had a situation where another woman wouldn't speak to me. Uh, she never acknowledged me saying hey to her in the morning, and I still continue to say hey to her anyways. I I even told uh, another coworker, I'm like, I noticed she never speaks. Um, and they was like, yeah, she's like, she's pretty much like that with uh, mostly everybody. So at least it was a, a good to know that she didn't do that to, just to me. But I did bring it up to her and I said, hey, I always tell you good morning and you never, you know, say it back. Are you too busy? You know, and then she was like, oh, I didn't notice, you know, that quick little, I didn't notice type of thing, knowing that you are intentionally not making an effort to speak with to someone because it's not as if I was, you know, waving or not saying it directly to her. I literally said hi or good morning with her name. Um, so it, I had a lot of those situations. Um, I even, a lot of like just social cues in general or just different things that people say to me, like you referenced the beer, it was always my hair. And for an African-American woman, you know, they even they either want you to have some type of plain type of hairstyle or when you do wear different styles, it's always going to be the topic of conversation. Are those braids too tight in your I have had men ask me, were those braids too tight in my head? Or, you know, or is this my hair? Or just a lot of things that, you know, I think you could have used it as a, a way to educate them. But it's sometimes I just honestly... And got sick and tired or got sick and tired of asking questions in regards to my hair, or if I, you know, on a dress down day, I come with Jordans on. You know, it's a it's a topic of conversation about what type of gym shoes or sneakers I'm wearing. You know, and it, and I guess I could have used it sometimes as a time to, you know, tell them a little bit more. Like, okay, and I think I did for the most part, but sometimes it just it, it just gets annoying, especially when there's not other people to advocate as well. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I was just gonna ask you about the, <laughs> the hair and whatnot. I was just gonna me, me and Gabe <laughs> were talking about that earlier. Um, just as far as like, cause you see so many times, whether it be in school, you know, it's getting to the point where people are getting sent home for certain hairstyles, like you know, in today's mm-hmm. world. So it's like, I was definitely curious about how um that was perceived as far in the corporate sector because um you know black women they you know have a lot of different hairstyles, but it's in a way to express themselves and whatnot, you know. And I guess. Yeah, I had- I'm sorry, I have people ask me, like, can I wear this to an interview? Or um, do you think this is appropriate enough for um, work? And I always tell people, what would you want to wear in your head? Like, if you want to wear braids, wear braids. If you want to wear, you know, a lace front with 20 inches of hair down to your butt, then, then do it, you know? And I've always kind of did what I wanted to do with my hair in that regard. Some days I wear a puff, you might see me with a puff, the next day you might see me with a wig on, but I'm going to stay true to myself and the different looks that I like and prefer. You know, I'm not going to straighten my hair to make anybody else feel comfortable. 
Yeah, I think that's right. crucial because at the end of the day, like, you know, they're going to have that pre- preconceived notion about you regardless. So, you know, you might as well just continue to do what's going to make you happy and what makes you feel comfortable. Um, and then, like, as far as, like, do, do you experience any, uh, I guess, discrimination as far as, like, dress code and anything like that as well? Or have have, have you seen it? Um, I, obviously, you know, some people uh, that are, you know, more curvier or whatever the case may be, like, especially African-American women, like, they get more, they're more likely to get chastised for, you know, how they dress, or I guess it's it's more scrutinized how they dress, you know, um, compared to um, Caucasian women. Like, have you seen that? Or uh, have you, like, known people that have told you um, about th- 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 them dealing with that as well, as far as, like, dress code, too? Yeah, um, I know, you know, Jalen, my line sister, she experienced yeah. that at her at her job, and she is, you know, She's very fairly slim, um, most would say. You know, she just had a, a, a skirt on, and it was a problem. The skirt was not short or anything, and it was a problem that she had that skirt on, and she she had to have a conversation and a write-up for her wearing a particular skirt that was not even short at, at all. It went to her, to her fingertips on the side, and it and, and that is just things like that, you know, that can be frustrating. Um my best friend, she is, um, you know, naturally curvy. You know, she's always very mindful of what she wears, especially in a workplace, just so she, uh, you know, is careful to kind of carry, uh, to cover her butt a little bit more since she is, you know, a little bigger in the back, you know. So it's it's a lot of things that you have to uh, watch out for. Like even with me making, even with me dressing properly, I think certain just certain things can't be hidden. No matter how hard you try, like if that's your shape, that's your shape, you know. Yeah. And then and then you gonna get comments on stuff like that regardless. And that's the thing about it. Like it's really not even. It's more so the reaction, more is more so than anything, or the topic of discussion that may lead to you know somebody having to say something more than the actual dress code itself. You know, so it's really never uh, the dress code or something being violated. It's just the attention that, you know, it could bring to office. But I mean, how is that, you know, anybody's fault, you know? Um, and that's just, I guess, a lot of the deep things that African-American women, you know, I can't speak for them, but I would imagine that they face because a lot of things they can't help. All they're doing is trying to be themselves and trying to fit in, in an environment. And, you know, these are just the constant struggles or, you know, the constant cons that, you know, you guys have to continuously approach, you know, uh, deal with day in and day out um, in the corporate sector, for real. We were talking earlier, and um, I was just wondering, like, because I know as an athlete, um, it's a little bit it's a little bit different, like, just depending on who you are, like, what type of brand you're trying to build, um, that kind of drives what it is you talk about on social media. Um, some people more opinionated than others. I was just trying to figure out, um, like, in the corporate sector, like, how do you handle social media? I know a lot of people, um, they might put, like, their first name and just, like, middle initial as, um, like, their name on Facebook or, like, something completely different than their name as their IG handles or Twitter handles or stuff like that. Like, is it is it some, is it, do you use it as, like, somewhere that you, like, share personal opinions? Do you got, like, a KD account? um or or like, like just give me your give me your outlook on social media like man i've i've chosen to stay conservative on on social media man. i respect i was just i was just talking to dan daniel white my boy he owns a company out in oklahoma city and he we back and forth meme all day 
and he'll joke and say, man, I wish I could post the type of stuff people post on social media. Like, mm. we, we wouldn't go remotely close to posting some of the stuff that we think we find funny. Because I'll say, I will say this as an employer, when I'm looking through resumes, I look up Facebook. I do. If I get a resume, I'm checking Facebook to see, you know, do they got a profile picture with two middle fingers up? You know, just, you know, I, I am checking it. So it is something I know that other people in corporate America are checking when they look to hire. It, it's something that I've had these discussions as well. They looking at that. So for me, I've chosen to just keep it as conservative as possible. I try to separate the two, like, you know, Instagram handle I use for personal stuff. And I really barely post on Facebook or do anything on there. Just kind of just keeping that relationship piece of it. I got to keep that page to have a business page. But really, I mean, again, I, for me, I do think that it's something that is looked at and can create biases in addition to, you know, you being African-American. If, even if you have a name that is racially, racially ambiguous, they still look you up and, you know, being, being on, I haven't experienced changing my name or anything like that. I know people who do. Um, just because of these same, the same reason they don't want you to know if my name is John, I want, you don't know who John is. You know, if you can't look it no. up, you could, I could be, I could be anything. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's something that I know I, I've hired a John who doesn't have any social media accounts. I had no idea he walks in. He's a young black guy from Detroit, Bumper. Would have never guessed, right? Um, but those right. biases do happen. So you know, it is something that you know, I think people handle differently. But I, I've just decided to stay as conservative as possible. I um I am a very private person when it comes to social media in regards to Facebook and Instagram. So I've never um, put anything on there that was risque or something that I would be ultimately ashamed of an employer seeing. But I also do have my page locked up for not. So I um, even I even ask coworkers to facebook but i get unlimited profile it's certain things that they can't see you know i'm I, I i like that ability where you can customize it so that you know some certain groups can't see certain things and i've always done that for the most part um instagram i, I only got like nine pictures on my instagram right now because i'm in the process of trying to rebrand uh, for something me and carla have in the works so I don't really uh, utilize it in the form of posting pictures right now. So the only thing that I think would even be a risque for me is social media, which I am also a little, I'm a little bit more opinionated on there, you know, but I'm never to the point where, you know, it can be, become viral or, you know, like I can lose my job or for, for saying something like completely rude or completely, you know, racist. Uh, are you selective to the, uh, I guess, coworkers or uh, professional friends that you have uh, that you let like follow you or uh, that you follow? Can you repeat that? Are you selective as to like the the type of coworkers or the coworkers in general or uh, professional of friends course. that you may have that you let follow you? Yes, um, I noticed though when you do let one one person that you actually yeah. like as a workplace follow you, then all of a sudden a lot of them start coming. It's like yeah. you know now you're getting the suggestions and now you're adding because they see that your friend someone else made you commented on the status or you know you said nice pic on that Instagram picture and then they want to add you and I still don't add them. You know if they bring 
I don't think I don't I have never had someone bring it up to me like, hey, can I follow you or why won't you follow me? I simply just That's don't ask. I just question. simply don't ask them. <laughs> <Make sense. laughs> so what you do if you get pressed, like and if they, and if they, and I, I, I honestly, I have so many friend requests on Facebook. I have like over a thousand friend requests. A friend request, I have like two hundred on Instagram, so I can easily not see those. So I would just tell them like, hey, you, you did? I didn't notice that you sent one. I have so many requests. I'm barely on there. You know, kind of minimize it. Like I'm not even on there anyway. You know, you're not gonna see much. So if it's somebody adding me to Facebook, then if you that press to be my Facebook friend, you can go right in the custom limited profile. You only get to share, see what I want you to share. Uh, you, yeah, what I want you to see in regards to sharing, because you can change those privacy statuses. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a lot to continue to do that each and every day, but I don't necessarily think it's a problem. Yeah, you just gonna sit in the friend request box. You just gonna sit there. That's all I can say. <laughs> I have no problem. I don't even check it at all. I have no problem that you sit right there and then say, now I forgot, bro. You're going to have to send it again. Do the same thing over again. Uh, I, what about you? I, I was, uh, same thing. They sit in there. I don't really, do, I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I got a, I'm a huge proponent of not hanging out with, like, I, I'm totally different. After, like, my, my after work life is not, it's not the same. They don't, I don't, I'm private in the sense of they don't need to know who, where I'm at, who I know, yeah. who I hang with. Yeah. Don't request me on Facebook because I'm not going to prove it. It's not happening. And I don't post anything. Like, I don't post anything on Facebook. But I would never, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't because I'm taking notes. There's a privacy setting to be able to customize what somebody can see. Come on and now. I, you know, I'm, I'm not that savvy on the social media, but I just take the conservative route and like like Kendall, I just let them rot in there. They can stay in there for forever for all I care. And I've never been pressed. Just like I've never had a situation where somebody come up to me and be like, hey man, I had you on Facebook, man. I need you to I'm never. That's a different type of energy, man. They for sure the ops that they try Trust to me, bro. I, <laughs> dreams. But um definitely appreciate the convo and the feedback about uh dealing with um, black people dealing with um, how to move in the corporate sector and the challenges that we face. And, but um, question, like, for either one of you, like, I guess to almost wrap it up here, like, what advice would you give to any peers or younger people about seeking mobility in a corporate environment? Um, I think, like I said, I mentioned before, it's almost like some people are d discouraged because of these things. So we're not trying to discourage anybody. You know, we're just trying to highlight some of the things you should look out for. But, like, what personal advice, if you have any, would you give to people who like looking to move up and um, move forward in the corporate environment? Okay. I'll say know your worth and set your price. First, never take the first offer that's given to you. Always counter offer your salary. Two, if you know someone who is doing well in, in, in corporate and they're pretty nice, Ask them, you know, what's their secrets of the trade? How, what are they doing? What's their routine? How are their, how are they disciplined to get their goals taken care of? Um, three, always ask for help. I think sometimes when we're African Americans, we're scared to ask for help or scared to seem as if we don't know something. But it's completely fine to ask someone for additional help or to just kind of, you know, not necessarily 
um, brown nose, but, you know, compliment someone on the work that they're doing. Take the, make the extra initiative to understand their role and what they do. You know, I believe that goes a long way. And I think don't get discouraged. I think it's easy to get discouraged because we're in a society that's telling you entrepreneurship is the only way out. It's work for yourself. You don't have to deal with the politics of corporate. You know, I do believe that um, great bosses and great owners were were once great workers. So if you need to stay in corporate to create that habit, to, you know, create that routine and work hard. Work hard like your name depends on it. Because at the end of the day, people can say what they want, but they cannot take away the work that you've done in your office. They can't take away, you know, a personality point. And then it all matters, even from, you know, even when you go on to the next job, you know, when someone talks about you, you know, you'll be able, you'll still be able to, you know, refer or get those job references or a di different connects if you keep those relationships and you keep your reputation A1. I agree. Y'all right, yeah, all that down. Yeah, just piggybacking on that, because I actually wrote down a three when she started talking, but I, my, my number one thing was get a mentor, and she hit that right on the head by kicking it off saying, hey, network with people within your industry. No, you know, being able to uh, find someone that's in their industry that you can maybe maybe talk to, kind of teach you to trade, take you under their wing, and kind of help you in that sense. That's one thing that I would, I would uh, advise. Also, and stay confident. Stay confident. It's hard for, for you to get these obstacles and these challenges and get down on yourself or think it's something that you can't do as far as whether that be getting a promotion, getting a job, period, um, transitioning from one career to the next. I mean, you got to stay confident in yourself and be true to who you are. As African-Americans, you know, we, we have some things, some character traits that, that are embedded in us that you can't get anywhere else. So, you know, for we have some things that, that other people want. So, just being true to who you are, not trying to conform to too much in a sense to where, you you know, you're not you anymore. Or you're not, you're not, you're not being true to you. And the networking piece of it and staying open-minded uh, is another thing that I wrote down as something to just have at the back, in the back of your head as you're trying to, tra trying to navigate through the corporate sector, uh, being African-American. Just to piggyback on that, um, as far as the mentor thing, also, uh, in my experience, like, you know, me and Kayla have had slight conversations and me uh, and just having conversations with peers in the corporate sector, too, because um, I think it's crucial that we support each other, you know, that we're going through the same struggles. You know, a mentor can definitely advise you, you know, they're kind of on the other side of where we're trying to go. And oftentimes on the other side of the bridge, help you get across. But, you know, we I, I think those relationships where we also talk with our peers and continue to motivate each other and give each other confidence because sometimes it is discouraging um, and we kind of feel that we're in quicksand sometimes um, at a certain point in our careers whenever that may be so just continuing to push each other and uh, be there for each other support one another and then also celebrate one another uh, when we do have promotions we do have accomplishments in the corporate sector because those things are all um, they all count and they are going to propel us to be um, to keep climbing um, because at the end of the day I think as, as, as important as entrepreneurship is, I also think it's equally important for people to keep climbing. And you want to see, you know, black faces, you know, in prominent positions that make prominent, de prominent decisions. Um, a lot of times you see corporations, you know, uh, and you, you wonder, like, who's making these decisions behind this marketing department? Who's, who's doing this? Who's doing that? And then you see the team, they're, you know, they're all Caucasian. They're all misinformed and they don't represent you know, so at the same time as we're pushing entrepreneurship, 
we also need to recognize that, hey, like we also need more black faces, more black men, more black women in these boardrooms to help make decisions in order to like push the culture forward and help us uh, push in the right direction. Um, Cause at the end of the day, we want to give, you know, our future kids and um, our future kin, like the most opportunities, the broad range of opportunities. We don't want to just say, hey, corporate is the only way. Hey, entrepreneurship is the only way. And we want people to be in success, successful roles in both of those industries. So definitely um, that would be my advice um, as far as um, giving to my peers, as far as working in the corporate environment. Um, Gabe, do you have any more questions that you want to uh, ask our guest today about this subject in particular? No, that's about it for me, man. I'm just, I'm just happy we got to, uh, had a chance to speak with them, get some different perspectives on this. Yeah, and I, and I definitely feel like, um, you know, like like Kayla said, I know, you know, you and Carla are working on something on the side. Like, I have my passions and stuff like that. So, I guess the last thing I would say, you can definitely do both. You know, you can be in nine to five sector in the corporate world and still pursue your passion outside of that and do both. Because a lot of times, like um, these these jobs provide stability in order to support that passion as well. Um, right. So I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, so, thank you. so I just, um, and, and real quick, I want to give you guys the floor, the opportunity, Kayla and Adrian, thank you so much for uh, hopping on this. Um, me and Gabe, this is something that we're passionate about as well and want to address certain topics, but is there any last words that you want to bring up or say uh, in regarding like your experiences or um, anything further that you want to add before we close? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first on that one. I just want to say thank you to both of y'all for invite me on the call and give me an opportunity to share my perspective on being black in corporate America. Um, and also it's commendable, man, to see young black, young black people making a change and, and, and climbing the corporate ladder and being able to navigate corporate America and talk about it and be able to share. So especially, I mean, we got, we got a couple of things. We're, we're younger. We're still, we're still on the uprise of our, of our careers. Kayla, you have a whole different challenge being a woman. So, I mean, just those, just those things and overcoming. So I just want to keep encouraging one another. And again, like you talked about, just supporting one another and making sure that we, we, we do communicate that to our peers when we are having some successes. So this is important to me. So I appreciate y'all having me on. And, and, and thank you for having me as well. So I just want to um, reiterate that your experience is what you make it. Um, at the end of the day, we're, we're there to get a job done, get the job done, learn as much as you can and, and use that to go to another experience. I always say um, one, one job may be just a lily pad to another one. Um, sometimes you just got to pay your dues and that's completely okay. It's no job ever that I've ever worked um, within my time, just even from internships that, and even um, corporate life just now after college that has not prepared me for the next one. Um, so keep that in mind and uh, continue to grind. I, like that's like uh, you all reiterated, most of our jobs are going to fuel some other passions that we have. And I know so many millennials who are using their corporate jobs to, you know, to go ahead and fuel their other passions, whether it is entrepreneurship or whether it's uh, going back to school. So. Um, just stay encouraged and out and get a mentor. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Me and Gabe definitely appreciate y'all. Uh, Gabe, any final words before we uh, let in, in this episode? 
That's it, man. Appreciate y'all again. Uh, hopefully we have y'all on uh, here again soon. Um, probably be putting it out here in the next month. So look forward to. Yeah, so we're doing a quick. We're doing a quick series. You know, we're doing corporate America, being black in corporate America, and then we're gonna tackle entrepreneurship, and then uh, we're also we're just gonna compare the two and kind of um, tackle some myths and kind of get away from trying to bash one another. I think that's the thing that we just trying to get away from, and um, and just I guess support one another and know that you can do one without trying to downplay the other. So that's the goal of this series, and that's what we're gonna tackle. So. Um, hope you guys have you happy going again. Thank you for your participation, and I hope you guys have a great night.